If you think about it, there's a lot of things to be thankful for. This is Thanksgiving, uh, and we have so much to be thankful for. But what uh, is greater than the fact that God loves you? He really loves you enough to die for you. That is probably the greatest gift that we have uh, from Him. And uh, so we uh, celebrate Thanksgiving this, uh, this week. Now, uh, this is a sermon on prayer because that's where we are in Philippians, a passage of Scripture that you're well aware of. Many of you probably memorized this passage of Scripture. Uh, I will tell you that uh, I uh, prepare um, 30-minute sermons, but I was told that uh, I had better not go past 20 because... Um, and so hang on while I get this thing ready here. Uh, so, uh, because uh, we have communion. So, what I'm trying to tell you is you better put your seatbelts on, all right? Because in 20 minutes I will quit wherever I am, but I hope to get through most of this sermon uh, before uh, we get there. But this is then the Word of God, uh, two verses uh, from Philippians chapter 4, beginning with verse 6. Do not be anxious about anything, but in prayer, in anything, but by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. This is the Word of God, and the people of God said, The grass withers, the flower fades, but the Word of our God will stand forever. Amen. Now, I can tell you that most Christians love to hear sermons on prayer. I know that. And I've noticed that uh, through the years as I have been ministering. At the same time, prayer is a difficult subject. It really is. I actually have worked with a man. He's my best friend. Uh, He's a pastor. And uh, we've worked together for 50 years. And he claims he has never preached a sermon on prayer And what he says is, I never preach on prayer because I don't want to make people feel guilty. In other words, probably none of us are completely satisfied with our prayer life. Would you think maybe that's true? And I think there's reason why, because we read all these stories about these great saints that prayed and prayed and prayed, and marvelous things happened. I mean, we all know how supposedly Luther wore out the floorboards by his bed because he'd get up in the middle of the night and get down on his knees, and those knees would wear out the boards in front of the, in, beside the, the bed. And uh, how many of us have heard supposedly a quote from him? You know, if I don't have much to do today, well, then I can spend 15 minutes in prayer. But if I've got more than I can possibly get done today, then I've got to spend four or five hours in prayer. Uh, and we think, wow, I mean, that's great, and we love to hear those stories, but you know what? It's not me. You know, prayer doesn't work like that with me. Well, I got good news for you. God didn't, first of all, call you to be Luther, and uh, so you don't have to worry about that at all. But prayer is a kind of a baffling uh, exercise, in spite of the fact that we think it's quite important Nevertheless, we know that God is a transcendent God, that God does what He wants to do when He wants to do it. Uh, He doesn't really take counsel for anybody and from anything. In Romans chapter 11, we read in verse 33, Oh, the depths of the riches and the wisdom of the knowledge of God. 
How unsearchable are his judgments, and how inscrutable his ways. For who has known the mind of the Lord, who has been his counselor? Or who has given a gift to him that he might be repaid? For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. Can you really tell a God like that what to do? Probably not. Nevertheless, prayer is important. And I'll tell you why. There are three reasons. First of all, prayer is a gift from God. God has given us this gift. Prayer is not our idea. It's His idea. God is the one who invented prayer. God is the one who invites us to come to Him in prayer. Secondly, God tells us to pray. He doesn't just give us this gift, but He tells us to pray. And in this very text that we're looking at this morning, if you're anxious about anything, absolutely anything, He says, pray. And then, finally, the third reason why we ought to pray is because it works. Because it works. Now, uh, in James chapter um, 5 and verse 16, it actually says, For the prayers of a righteous person are powerful and they're effective when they're working. Think about that. Your prayers... Because a righteous person is a person in Christ. We're not talking about super saints. We're not talking about Luther right here. When he says a righteous person, there's no righteousness except the righteousness that's given to us by the Lord Jesus Christ. So he's talking about every one of us. And he says, your prayers, when you make them, they are powerful and they are effective. So the first thing I want you to see from this text is that Prayer is a gift to the people of God. It's really a gift of faith. In other words, the only true prayers, the only prayers that get beyond the ceiling are the prayers that are made through a relationship, a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. If you ever go to the the Far East, you'll find that there they have these things called prayer wheels. Uh, they have ones you can hold in your hand like this. I actually have one of those. And then they have ones that are as big as a Volkswagen car. And uh, the idea is that in those prayer wheels, they have thousands and thousands of prayers written out. And then you spin the wheel like that, and every time the wheel goes around, those prayers are made. Now think about that. It's a pretty effective way to pray, you know. Zing, and I've made a thousand prayers just like that. Unfortunately, of course, we know, again, that's not what prayer is. Prayer is a communication with God through the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me, Jesus says. So what Paul is talking about here in Philippians chapter 4 is an encounter with the living God through the perfect life and death and resurrection of our Savior. Those prayers are always reach in heaven because they come through Him. It's the reason why many of us as Christians, when we get through praying, we say, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen, because we believe that that's the case. In Romans chapter 5, one of my all-time favorite verses, we won't read all the way down to where it talks about the fact that that God's love has been poured out to us, but When you go home, read Romans 5, 1 through 5. I'm just going to read the first two verses. Therefore, since we've been justified by faith, we have peace with God through the Lord Jesus Christ. Through Him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace. Notice that? 
in the Lord Jesus Christ, what did we get? We got two things. First, we got justification. That is, our sins were forgiven. But secondly, we have access to God in Christ. That's why our prayers are effective, because, again, they come to God the Father through Christ the Son. And that gives them the power that they have. And Hebrews, the fourth chapter, the writer of the Hebrews, he's He's arguing about the fact that Jesus is better than Moses and he's better than that great high priest in the Old Testament who had to go in twice, once a year, twice before the presence of God. And he says, our Lord Jesus Christ, he's the real great high priest. And then he says this in verse 16. Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Again, a great verse if you think about it. Let us, let us with confidence come to God in prayer. Why? Well, because if we do in Christ, who is the great high priest, we will receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. So our text tells us that we ought to pray in everything, in every situation of life. And that's the second point I want to you to see, and that is that prayer is an antidote for life. I don't have to tell you that life can be a bit stressful. I think just living is stressful. And if you read these magazines, uh, you know, any magazine, I don't care what, they'll always have an article on how to live a long time, right? And what do they tell you? Eat right, exercise, oh, and cut out stress. Have you tried that lately? Uh, probably you're not doing any of them. I hope you are, but the last one is darn near impossible. Cut out the stress in your life. Why? Because stress leads to anxiety and that shortens your life, according to these experts. But Paul is saying that the antidote to stress and anxiety is prayer. You can pray about anything, and you ought to. You ought to bring any situation you have before God. You know, uh, four weeks ago, you remember I actually went sailing in the British Virgin Islands. And uh, we decided we didn't want to sit three hours in the airport, and so we took a late water taxi from Tortola to St. Thomas. Now, that meant that we just really had a few minutes to make it to the airplane, and we did not want to spend, you know, a night in St. Thomas. And so when we got in the taxi from the uh, from the water to the airport, uh, I, I said to the other three fellows, uh, let's have a prayer and uh, pray that we make it. You know, the traffic is murder there and everything. And then you get there and you got to get, you have to go actually through passport control before you can uh, get your bag checked and all that kind of business. And uh, so we had a little prayer. And there was a young lady that hopped into the uh, taxi with us and she said, I'm praying too. And... Uh, Turned out she was a believer, and she actually was praying because she was as concerned about making the plane as we were. And I don't know, but all of a sudden, you know, there was just peace in that taxi. Uh, I just had a sense that we were going to make it. And by the way, we did. We had to actually wait another 30 minutes before they loaded the plane, so that was great. But do you think you can pray about simple things like that? I mean, there are big things. I got a call last night from a dear, dear friend of mine, and they have uh, 
two of their children on, on, on Wednesday and Thursday, bang like that. One day and the next, they, they got word that, you know, their health is really in bad. I mean, we, we're going to be praying like everything. It's just tragic. And we always pray for things like that. In fact, we had prayer over the phone last night. And, uh, and, and, and we prayed that, that God would heal both of these children, both of them. Um, and then we, we prayed that we believed God would, that God would hear our prayers. We always pray like that, don't we? What about for simple things like making the airplane? Paul says in everything, everything, wherever there's anxiety in your life, bring that to God. In other words, you ought to be actually living in a condition of prayer. That's what it seems to me to actually be saying to focus prayer on anxiety is a declaration that I'm not in control, but there is somebody who is in control, and I'm never alone, and God takes care of his own. Now, it also goes on to say in the text, uh, pray uh, your prayers and your petitions with thanksgiving and request. Now, actually, there are some people and some commentaries that say those are four different kinds of prayer. There are prayers, then there are petitions, then there are thanksgiving prayers, and then there are just requests. I don't think that's what it means. I will tell you that. I think Paul is just so excited about prayer, he just uses four different words to express one simple thing, and that is that God calls us into his presence to pray about the situations in our life. I think he's highlighting the beauty and the power of prayer. Uh, in fact, I don't think we should make prayer as difficult as we do. You know, the, there are a lot of books about how to pray, just like there are a lot of books about how to have a good marriage. I have avoided those books on marriage because I thought they might wreck a good marriage. And uh, I haven't read a lot of those books on prayer either. Now, maybe I should. But I don't think prayer is that difficult. I mean, doesn't it just say, look, Pray. Do not be anxious about anything, but by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, bring your request to God, and the God of peace will, uh, will bring peace in your life uh, beyond all understanding. He's our Father. He's our Heavenly Father. Remember what Jesus said when His disciples said, teach us how to pray. Jesus said, pray our Father who art in heaven. And by the way, there are many things in that prayer. In fact, many preachers have preached a series of sermons on the Lord's Prayer. The most shocking thing to those disciples would have been the very first words, Our Father. They would have never thought you could say, Daddy, because that's the Hebrew word there. That's exactly what it means. Daddy, I need you. I think that's how simple prayer is. God is waiting for you, waiting for you as you pray to him. And it says, pray with thanksgiving. I'll tell you why I like that. Most of the time when we think about prayer, don't we think about, okay, I've got a need, therefore I pray for that need, then God answers it, and then I thank him. Right? I mean, that seems like the right order, and that is a good order. But what about this? Pray with thanksgiving. In other words, you're already thanking God for what He is going to do and what he, how He's going to answer you. Because God always answers His children. And His answer often is better than our prayers. 
right? After all, God will answer. Sometimes he says yes. Sometimes he says no. But I think many times in our prayers we ought to say, I thank you for what you're going to do. How you're going to answer this prayer. Uh, John Patton, you might know that he was a missionary for 30 years in the South Pacific, what today is called Vanuatu. And uh, the missionaries that went just before him from Scotland, uh, they were eaten. Uh, those were cannibals in uh, what we now call Vanuatu. So he got there and they decided uh, that uh, maybe he would make a good meal as well. And uh, so in the first week he was there, a bunch of natives came looking for him. Uh, it was around dusk and he climbed up into a tree. Uh, and he hid up in that tree and he prayed all night long. And this is what he said, I sat there in the branches safe in the arms of Jesus. Never in all my sorrows did my Lord draw nearer to me and speak, and speak more soothingly to my soul. By the way, he stayed there for 30 years, as you know, and uh, uh, I went there not so long ago uh, and visited uh, because the Presbyterian Church of uh, Vanuatu is so large that the first Congress that they had after they got independence from the French was the General Assembly of the Presbyterian Church of Vanuatu. That's how many Presbyterians there are in Vanuatu. But of course, John Patton was a Presbyterian. It goes on then finally to say, and if you pray, there's peace. Listen, one of the most frequent words in all of Scripture, or most frequent phrases in all of Scripture, I will never leave you nor forsake you. When we pray, we've got to remember that I will never leave you nor forsake you. In Zephaniah 3.17, it says, The Lord your God is with you. He's mighty to save. He will take great delight in you. He will quiet you with His love. Notice the peace there. He will quiet with you the love. He will rejoice over you with singing. Now, if you've read Zephaniah, it's not the prettiest book in all the Bible. I mean, God is bringing judgment down on His people like you wouldn't believe. And nevertheless, the prophet can say, the Lord your God is with you. He's mighty to save. He will take great delight in you. He will quiet with you with His love. He will rejoice over you with singing. Listen, don't try to be Luther. Try to be yourself. And find something that works for you. You know, I have my high priestly prayers in the morning. That's when I pray for the people that are important to me. When I used to have a job, you know, and I had all these people that I was responsible for, I would go through the whole senior team every single day. And then I would pray for my children and my grandchildren and so on. Now I pretty much pray for my wife and my children and my grandchildren and a few others in the family because those are the people I'm responsible for. I call them the high priestly prayers. Uh, I got the idea from Job in chapter 1. If you read Job chapter 1, you will see that Job's boys, his sons, they would throw big parties. And it actually says that the next day, Job would pray like the Dickens because he wasn't sure what they'd done the night before. <laughs> I've always thought that was kind of interesting. But he was praying for his people. So pray for the people that are important to you. Uh, and then uh, I have uh, morning devotions with my wife, and that's when we have lists of prayers that we go through. And, and we, we decided that some time ago because, you know, I would somebody tell me something, I say, 
I'll pray for you. And I was lying. Because I was going to forget them before I got out the door. So now we put it on a list. And so there are some people we've been praying for for 14 years that they would come to faith. They are covenant children that are still not believers. And then I have my scripture prayers, like Zephaniah 3.17. What is more blessed than to pray through the scriptures? God, you are a God that's with me. You will never leave me nor forsake me. Thank you. And finally, I have what I call my prayers of opportunity. If you call me on the telephone and you've got a need, we'll probably pray. I used to just say, I'll pray for you, and I'd hang up. Now I say, let us pray before we hang up. And I often introduce those prayers a real simple way, just like this. You know, we often talk about God, and we talk about our needs, but we don't talk to God. Let's pray before we hang up, and we pray. Again, the text is very simple. Do not be anxious about anything, but by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, bring your request to God. And the God of peace will bring peace into your heart beyond all understanding. Let us pray. Father, here we are. We've been talking about prayer, but prayer is this simple. We just can come to you and talk to you. And uh, we have to admit that there are many times in our life when we're far more anxious than we ought to be. And... and uh, Unless we get really backed up into a corner, we're just trying to dig ourselves out rather than coming to you in prayer. We pray, Father, that you would teach us. Teach us the gift of prayer. Teach us how to pray. Simply, our Father, this is our need. Will you bless us? Give us mercy and grace at this time in our life. This is the way we want to live that we might experience the peace of God. We pray this, and we pray this in Christ's name. Amen.